On September 11th, 2001, our American way of life was attacked. Everyone remembers where they were that day and how their lives changed from that moment on. The American Legion is committed to honoring the memories of those we lost on 9-11 and in the global war on terrorism that followed. As part of that commitment, the American Legion Tango Alpha Lima podcast presents a special series, 9-11-2020. 20 episodes in the 20 days leading up to the 20th anniversary of the attacks that changed the world. Each of the 20 guests delivers a unique first-hand perspective on 9-11 and our nation's response. Here is one of those remarkable stories. All right, today we continue with our 20 episodes in 20 days leading up to the 20th anniversary. And today we're joined by Linda Beecher, who is a member of the American Legion Auxiliary and serves as the ALA Suffolk County Chaplain. On September 11, 2001, Linda was an EMT with the New York Fire Department, as well as a single mom with four adult children, including a daughter, Kathy, who is a paramedic and a son who was an EMT. Linda normally works nights, but on that morning, she received a call for assistance. She, her daughter, and son all headed to the World Trade Center site to see how they could help. And that morning, Linda served as a liaison between chiefs in the field and dispatchers. On September 14th, she began working in the morgue and continued doing so through May of 2012. So, Linda, I'm going to let you pick up your story from there, but thank you so much about joining us. And tell us, tell us a little more about your 9-11 experience. Well... As you said, I notified my son and daughter. We both lived, we all lived in the same house together and we all responded to our particular offices and ambulance stations. And what happened was my office was fully staffed because everybody got the same message to report into work. So I was told to go over to the dispatching office to be the liaison between the chiefs and the dispatching center. And once I got there, they had the TV on and we saw the first building come down. We all stood there in awe and all we said was, what happened? I, I'm trying not to use four letter words, but it was kind of like, what? happened you know yeah. where is the building and um one of the first calls that i got was for a dispatcher who her daughter was one of the emts that was missing and she said tell my mom i'm okay and i said no you hold the line i'm going to get your mom you're going to tell her in person and so we did it was really a very emotional roller coaster for all of us. Yeah, I'm sure. And so as, as that happened, how did you move forward in, in days? What happened over the ensuing couple of days? In the ensuing days, we worked 16 hour tours. Uh, all of our past days were canceled. And I think I worked six days straight. They couldn't make us work seven, work six days straight, had one day off and then went down to the World Trade Center. Um, there we were put in charge of the morgue. And basically what we did was catalog everything that came in. Catalog to me sounds like a really un undescriptive term for what we had to do. But 
everything from the fire equipment to personal effects, body parts and bodies were cataloged as best we could so that later on when the, uh, the morgue went through the, where the, the medical examiner went through the, the notes, they were able to describe exactly what we found. Uh, GPS was used and down to the millimeters of exactly where they were found. And we all, when anything came into the morgue, there was a whole team that was there. There was an EMT, a chaplain, um, FBI, the fire department, New York City Police Department, the Port Authority Police Department, uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. And there was also somebody from the military there to exactly determine exactly what it was that was being found. So as you went through these super long days that we can't even imagine that you're, you're closed in the room. And did you have a, a better understanding of what was happening outside the walls? Did you understand that they had identified who had done this and everything else, or were you still in the dark? We didn't exactly know who done it, but we really had an idea that the terrorists were from Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, it must have been difficult keeping up with what's happening out there. So as this stretched on longer and longer, what, what was your like sort of daily schedule or what kind of things were you responsible for? What I would, my, my schedule was I worked for the fire department as an EMT at headquarters and part of my responsibilities were to monitor citywide for any major activities going on. And we worked the five, two, five, three schedule. So I worked five days off for two, worked five off for three. On my days off, I worked down at the morgue. So if I had one day, if I had two days off, I worked one day because it was 16 hours and it, there was time for transportation and everything else over and above that 16 hours. Mm -hmm. If I had three days off, I worked two days down there. Um, what we did was we would go down and we would change at six o'clock. So we had to be at the station to be transported by 4.30. So we would, we would get to the station, station four in Manhattan was the closest station to the World Trade Center site. And uh, they would transport us over and then we would relieve whoever was there. One of the first things we would do is we would have to get the morgue in order. So we had to, we had to, um, update the logbooks and transfer over everything 
that went on, you know, they would give us the, the update of what, what went on that day. Yeah. Outside of the morgue, there were refrigerator trucks that would um, transport the remains to the New York City Medical Examiner's Office. Hmm. All right, uh, Ashley, I, I think you're up first today. All right. Well, this is some heavy stuff. And I think what I'd like to ask you, Linda, is, you know, you're, you're dealing with folks in their final moments, probably before their families know of their whereabouts or, you know, their personal effects. And I want to know a little bit more about how you coped you know, from a mental health standpoint, seeing all of this and experiencing it firsthand, how have you, um, how have you continued to, you know, cope and take care of your, yourself through this time, through this time frame? Because that's, that's some heavy stuff. It's a lot, a lot of weight to bear. One of the first things I would do when I went down to the Trade Center site was stand in front of the what we called the pile and say a prayer and then ask why. And I have to say, I have very good family and friends. That's who got me through it. just wonder how somebody could do such horrific things to people. These were everyday people that went to work, not knowing what was going to happen. And people that were on the planes were going to see their family, friends, or whatever. These were not military people. These were people that didn't expect these things to happen. And unfortunately, along with the adults, there were children that were killed that day as well. And that's not something that's really put out there. Yeah. And, and I do have to say, my son, Paul, uh, who is the comedian of the family would call me and he is wonderful at doing different voices, disguising his voice and saying things. And I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way, but he called me once and when we had anything that was retrieved and it was on the, on the examining table. Everybody took a moment of silence and we said a prayer and everything was absolutely quiet still. My phone goes off and he says, this is Abdul from the liquor store. Your liquor, your liquor order is, in, is ready for pickup. And I was like, 
who the heck is this? But again, that, that was some things that would help me to get through things. Well, I'm happy to hear that you had a, a comedian in the family who was really reaching out. I can only imagine what you have experienced, the, the heartfelt emotions and the, the pain, I'm, I'm sure. Um, so to have the family and friends support you and try and try and make you smile in a time that is just so incredibly tragic for so many civilians who just went to work one, mm-hmm. one day, one morning, um, it's profound and yes, it really is. As difficult as things were, it was also a learning experience as well. And this, you know, EMS, we have our own kind of sick humor, but this to me was a learning experience because I worked side by side with all of these different people from different uh, groups and from the medical examiners. It was amazing because some of them would literally pick up a boot and smell it. I was like, but what are you smelling? What are you, what are you trying to find? You know, and they, and they would explain things to, to us. So it was a learning experience in itself. As an EMT working at that point, I had 20 years as an EMT and everybody's like, oh, you saw everything. No, I still to this day can't say that I have seen everything. I've seen a lot, but not everything. And at, at 20 years, I was absolutely flabbergasted to see the different things that came in and have the medical examiner say, oh, this is this part of the body. This is that part of the body. And I'm like, wow, really? Doesn't look like that, you know, but it was a learning experience. Wow. All right, Jeff, you are up, but you are on mute. Okay, I guess you got that. All right. Yeah, uh, Linda, what brought you here was a, a message from your husband. And so I know that that's also a measure of support because like you, he worked in a, a, a horrific morgue in Da Nang. And was his experience and your, did that, was, was that sort of supportive in helping you deal with your stuff today and him deal with his stuff in the past and uh, what, what were the correlations? How are they alike and different? Part of the aftermath of 9-11 was meeting my husband because while uh, going through 9-11, I was, we were not married and I was dating someone who on again and off again. And after 9-11, I said, you know what? This is not what I want. And I met my husband through his sister that I worked with. And after 9-11 in August, as a matter of fact, August 14th, 
of 2002 was when I met my husband. And we met on a fishing trip. And I saw his hat. And I said, oh, you're in the army? I said, my dad was in the army. Where did you work? What did you do? And he said, nah, you don't want to know. I said, really? Tell me. And that was how we found we had things in common. So we've helped each other, I think, through the last 19 years. Wow. So uh, both, both of you went through an experience that uh, fortunately most people don't have to go through. And I did, I did want to make a co comment on when, when we watch the news, just all of us out here, uh, we see we see a body count in mathematical terms. We see numbers, um, and it's it's actually I'm getting a little chills going up my arm and headed towards my spine. But you saw not a, a numerical representation. You saw the body count, and um, I'm. I can't get in the mind frame of, of, of witnessing that part, the actual aftermath and trash of, of a horrific incident like that. And the, the fact that you can do that and have the resiliency to be here and talk about it is amazing. Um, can, what, 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 being there, being at the center of, of that, did it, it had to have changed you and, and the, and the people around you. And I would, I would love to hear about that, the people around you and, and how you guys all worked through that together. A lot of times we just hugged each other, talked with each other, laughed with each other, made jokes about different things, but EMS has a sick humor in it in and of itself. The EMS family is very much like the military family and the brotherhood that we get from it. Um, the way it has changed me is I don't accept crap. I'm, tr I'm trying to be civil, but <laughs> We can translate. Okay, but you know, I used to stuff a lot of things and uh, you know, especially with work with EMS, not the work so much itself, but the people that you work with sometimes, the supervisors that we have and um, things in life, in, in my outside life as well. I don't put up with the crap. I realize that you can't take, you can't always take things at face value. And um, life is precious. You know, these people that got on those planes, these people that went to work that day, didn't make it home. And you have to um, really appreciate that. Well, in terms of appreciation, we appreciate you 
more than you can know. So, and we certainly appreciate you coming on today and talking about it. It's, I think it's important for all of our listeners to see that side of things as well. So we do appreciate you. It can't be easy talking about this. So we, we do appreciate you taking your time out. Uh, so we will have another episode of this tomorrow. Jeff, Ashley, I'll see you tomorrow. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Everyone else, remember to subscribe to Tango Alpha Lima on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, review and rate us. If you want to send us feedback, you can comment on YouTube or Facebook, or you can send us an email at tangoalphalima at legion.org. And we will be back with another 9-11 story tomorrow. See you then. Again, Linda, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.